Right, so welcome to the first ever episode of Be Calm and Carry On in collaboration with It's Mental and Age UK Lancashire. Do you want to introduce yourself so the audience know who yeah, you I'm all Stephen are? Yeah, I'm Robinson, uh, founder of It's Mental. And David Ward from Age UK Lancashire. Anna Ashworth, I'm a cognitive behavioural therapist. Fantastic. And um, just for someone who's, who's listening to this for the first time, can you just kind of give us a breakdown of like what is the podcast and what's the what's the come? Yeah, well, obviously the first session obviously is a bit more of an introduction. Um, so hopefully this will lead to a series of podcasts. But what we want to cover is is obviously different um, ways to and advice tips from professionals about how to manage um, your mental well-being um, during something like the coronavirus outbreak. Um, so it's not just for now, it's to take beyond and hopefully in the future. So we're going to cover things like um, be social, um, be active, um, be mindful, um, also be empathetic, uh, be a clear-minded, be confident. All these things we're going to cover in different sessions um, and have different guest speakers as well at the same time. But hopefully from that you will have plans, tips to take away to manage at home um, your mental well-being in a positive way. Fantastic. So I've got a few questions that I'd like to ask you all. Um, first one being would, would be, why are people uh, genuinely stressed and anxious about the current situations and how like, like what we're currently in now, basically? Okay, if I answer that yeah. one. Um, yeah. So I suppose this current situation, there's a lot of uncertainty and uncertainty triggers what-if thoughts, which lead to worry and anxiety. Um, I know I'm getting a lot of people who don't normally worry on and are not normally anxious and they're experiencing kind of anxiety and struggling to sleep. Um, so if I explain why people get anxious, um, so there's a part of our brain, um, it's called the amygdala and it always is on the lookout for threat and danger. And this is our survival mechanism, which we've had since we were cavemen. And whenever there is any threat, whether it's a real threat or imagined threat, our brain triggers the adrenaline response in our bodies. So adrenaline rushes into our bodies and this is what anxiety is. So this is known as the fight or flight response. So any threat or danger is detected. So this current situation, there is an actual threat, um, but then this actual threat, there is a, it's then imagined threat is then being thought about. So these like these what if thoughts that people are experiencing, these potential future negative scenarios that not happening yet but your your mind starts racing um so the fight and flight response symptoms like whenever if you have a what if um about anything your stomach usually churns or your heart starts racing people get a bit hot and sweaty um and the mind starts kind of racing because back when we were cavemen if there was a threat it would have been a predator so you need to act quickly you need to think quickly and your body is basically being activated so you can run or fight so back like now our body's response to threat hasn't changed over the years so even if we have a what if thought about a potential future scenario the same response happens in our bodies um and this situation you know it is parts of it are an actual problem that we need to action plan and act you know and follow the government guidelines but then there's going to be a lot of offshoots into these what if hypothetical thoughts and it's those that we can use different techniques to manage those thoughts and action plan where we need to as well 
Okay. What bits of advice could you give to someone who's listening this who suffers from anxiety with the current situation? Is there anything they can take away from this that can... I think I think one of the main things is being present focused. You know, when we think about anxiety, anxiety is living in the future, isn't it? Yeah. It's all a negative potential future. Um, so we need to pull your attention back into the moment. And there's there's a, te- a technique I really like called detached mindfulness, which I could go through in a bit, or I can go through this now if you'd want. Go through it, yeah. I think um, if it's going to help, definitely. So, um, so there's there's something called the worry tree, which you can find on the internet if you searched worry tree. But you start looking at, you have to notice the worry first. So you'd notice like the stomach churning or the heart racing. So those symptoms I was just describing, that's the sign that you're having a negative thought or an anxious prediction. So you would notice the thought and then we need to look at you know is this am i worrying about something that needs to be action planned and solved is it this a current problem that i can do something about so say you're worrying about buying toilet rolls for example that's something that needs to be action planned or if you need something from the shop we can look at action plans and strategies to address that but when it's one of these what ifs if it's not actually happening now and it's a future potential scenario in the future then a technique such as detached mindfulness or one called worry time would be useful to apply to those type of what ifs because we class what ifs as quite unhelpful thoughts because we we can't predict the future we can't and um often when a situation happens usually a lot of people are usually quite good at action planning when there's an actual problem but when it's these what ifs there's not a lot of benefit from engaging with these thoughts so it'd be good if we could choose to not engage with those thoughts so there's a technique called detached mindfulness where um so again you've got to notice the thought and then you label the thoughts so what i was just saying then about labeling it that that yeah there's nothing about this that's an actual problem that i need to solve it's completely a what if then you choose to not engage with it you can imagine use imagery to imagine I think my client's favourite image is to use a train. So you could see thoughts a bit like trains passing through your mind. Sometimes our thoughts are very busy and it's like a very busy train station. So if a negative thought comes along, so you'd be labelling that as like the what if train. So if the negative thought comes in, our aim would be to not engage with the thought, stay on the platform and allow the train to pass rather than because if you engage with that thought and get on the train, that's going to take you to worry and anxiety. So the aim would be to acknowledge the thought, because a lot of people try and push away and distract themselves and push away negative thoughts. But the aim is to accept and notice that there is a thought there, but that you're choosing to not engage with it. And you do that. I always tell clients to say something like, I'm not getting on that train. There's that what if train. I'm not getting on that train. And then you use your five senses to be back in the present moment. So that's smell, taste, touch, hearing, sight, I think, yeah? Those five senses. So you've got to, so you allow the train to pass and then say you're washing up because our minds drift when we're doing a boring task or a mundane task. If you were washing up, it would be to pull your attention into the, the temperature of the water the smell of the bubbles, can you hear the bubbles popping? Can you hear the birds outside? So it's pulling your attention into the moment. And with practice, that becomes like, my clients call it the train thing, and it's really popular. Um, another version of that would be to write it down to get it out of the head. So again, 
choose to kind of notice it, label it, write it down. That's what that's what I tend to do a lot. Yeah, when and I'm it's a part. It gets it out <coughs> of the head, doesn't it? And it just kind of, and then you can choose to either. Um, some people have a very small period of worry time um, where they let themselves use like 15, 20 minutes of worry time if they want to worry about it. But a lot of what ifs pass by that time. So maybe in an early evening, you'd kind of look at your list and kind of look at, is there anything that I do need to worry about or just choose to leave it there and park it on the paper. But um, um so I'd, yeah, so to deal with negative thoughts like the what ifs, I think they're two really good strategies to yeah, look at. Yeah. And then it's about scheduling activities, which we can look at as well. Speaking of negative, negative things, like being stuck in isolation and this sort of stuff, like how can someone cope with that? Obviously, if they've been, if they've been told to be in isolation for 14 days, or any, any advice you can give someone who's listening for that? Yeah, definitely. I, th I think the main thing is, about routine really is keeping some sort of routine because this affects you in all different kinds of ways so you know if you're working and you've been turned told to work from home for instance you know that could have a, quite an impact on your daily routine and and some people will probably just wake up have breakfast and and, and you know the day's pushed out where they're, they're just sort of confused so it's keeping getting up at the similar times um, probably doing exercise if you if you if you go to a, a gym or you go for a walk, keep doing the same thing. Start work at nine, um, have your lunch at the same times that you do at work, and finish at a similar time as well. Um, so you know them are really simple things, but there's so many things we can build into it as well as probably these guys will probably want to mention as well. Yeah, I mean, from an older person's point of view, this is quite a scary time now. Uh, as a charity, our message is to keep your independence, go out, enjoy socialising, and a lot of the older people that we work with aren't connected to smartphones, they don't have a laptop, they don't have a tablet, so they are kind of really f probably feeling very disconnected now, so it, a lot of the techniques you've just spoke about might be really useful for them to adapt if you can write it down or uh, you know not get on the, the train, uh, just because I think sometimes older people's route they are very stuck in a, a routine and it's really important for them uh, to, to continue that so for example a simple trip to a library or a shop or just getting on the bus to go into town that's the kind of thing they might look forward to and that's what kind of keeps them going speaking to people just being sociable we've probably all been behind someone in a shop who's kind of chatting to the cashier or, or what have you and you think actually that's possibly their only social contact so th this situation at the moment is, is a real worry so I think what Steve says is right keep that routine although you can't possibly go out to your libraries anymore and, and, and pubs and things do still go outside do walk around the block if you can do visit your local park just make sure that you are a safe distance away from people um, and like I say, as, as a charity, that's we know that that's be going to become a real struggle for people over the coming months because mm -hmm. obviously the over 70s have been identified as that risk category. So you've already got that anxiety to, to deal with as well. If, if you actually were to catch coronavirus, uh, you know, you, you are in a risk category. So, that, so they've probably got all these thoughts going around at the moment and, and feel really lonely. And I think that's hopefully this podcast we can... Uh, 
give people some ideas and information on how they yeah, can yeah. perhaps tackle that um, and what you know and, and it is, it's going to be a temporary thing it's not going to we're not going to be in isolation forever uh, and that's kind of the, the attitude I think we've all got to take with yeah. it I, I believe yeah I think <clears throat> one really important thing that is again is communication is so important and you know we're, we're quite lucky in this modern way of life that we've got so many different forms of communication um, if it's the general landline phone um, to you know um, the internet obviously there's a lot of um, things that you can do on the internet for communication now um, like obviously webcasts and seminars and all these kind of things but obviously this FaceTime is all mobile phones texting stuff like that but what I'm trying to say is really is about if you're not seeing them people face to face that you used to do is just replace it with a phone call. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not to say you can't communicate with these people anymore. So if you meant if you if you see Bob down the market once a week, or you, you see Lisa at the local supermarket, um, you know, at certain times of day, give them a call and have them conversation, have that catch up that you usually do, um, because it is part of your weekly routine. Just replace it with something else for the time being. Just don't not do anything. Um, you know, isolation means staying in your home. It doesn't mean that you can't speak. It doesn't mean that you can't contact anybody in any kind of way. It's just a physical aspect. So people take it to the extremes, and that's what hopefully, you know, people don't do is take it to that. Sort um, of I mean, I've I've already seen stuff over the last three days online um, about people doing different exercise classes uh, for various age groups. Um, you know, and and it's about still remaining active still yeah, definitely. you know a lot of the stuff we used to do from our center at the lifestyle center in in, in Chorley was chair-based yoga chair-based exercise so it's quite low level uh, exercise and impact but you can still absolutely do that at home and, and hopefully um we can as a charity and, and and other other organizations can get that information out to people or they might remember oh actually i'll, I'll do that exercise class and i'll do a few few of the methods um and and yeah, keep keep the blood flowing. Really, keep keep uh, keep the mind active. Um, like I've, I've you've just said there. I mean, a lot of the our client group aren't on the internet or have smartphones, but they absolutely have landlines. And it's a really good point. Um, and if you do have an elderly relative, I would say, you know, make the effort to ring them more than the once a week, yeah, perhaps that you do. Sure. Make sure just just check in with them. I heard a, heard a, a young guy in the supermarket the other day. And he, he said, I agram, it's, it's me, uh, do you need anything? I'm just in the shop. But it's just things like that, that just thinking outside the box that actually, yeah, it isn't a normal way of life at the moment. So mm. let's just all do a little bit extra to help people, particularly those people in the uh, vulnerable category. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think for me, it's, I'm gonna learn a lot through these, these podcasts as well. So everyone who's listening will obviously do the same thing as well. Is there anything else that you wanna like, Kind of get across for for what's to come in the next couple of podcasts and anything they can kind of. Well, I I think a lot is is just like um, is is coping techniques as well. I think you know, Anna can touch on this and uh, going back to scheduling and stuff like that. But I think doing different coping exercises. Um, um, but it is about a lot of it is as Anna's touched on before. It is being present and and keeping busy, mm -hmm. um, because our minds run off in so many directions, 
Um, it is about spending that time, you know, in mindfulness, we, we do talk a lot about, um, you know, things in the good old days that we used to do with, as families has, has gone because the world's speeding up and we're, and we're communicating at such a fast rate. But them ideals that we had as families, we should resort back to, like having a meal with your family um was every night and i remember that you know we, we didn't have mobile phones or anything but you had to have attention at that table and talk to the family and communicate and it was about being present probably didn't think of it back then but that is what it was about most families nowadays are probably lucky if they have sunday lunch together yeah, yeah of course. so you know them core ideals we should bring back uh, to the table as such excuse the pun to um you know bring families back together Doing activities together in the day, you know, like we say, gardening and getting outside, the old games that we used to use, uh, board games and things like that, all should be part and parcel of, um, you know, being social as a family, definitely. Yeah. Okay. I, I, th I think it'll benefit, like, you know, my generation, of it'll put things into perspective. Like, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I think it, like, the stuff that you just take for granted on a day, day to day basis, this will put put it all into perspective and yeah like you said there's there's more to more to life than just watching it like looking on a phone spend time with your family this is the this is the perfect time to do that Definitely. yeah there's too many interruptions there's definitely too, technology is a big driver of that where there's just too many interruptions for people but i think now it's it's them things like david touch on if you've got elderly um parents or grandparents or aunties and uncles it's it's to 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 be present and think about what they're going through as well as yourself and 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 just certain things you can be doing for them um and you've seen all things so far that people are doing um and we are quite resilient as as people and i think it will bring back that old community feel definitely. that we used to have yeah because we are all in this together aren't we yeah definitely and everybody's dealing with this i think to touch on like the scheduling like research shows that you're more likely to do something if you schedule it in so i'm kind of recommending with all my clients like having like a weekly schedule like thinking about because you, you can still be active like you're saying you can still do exercise at home you can yeah kind of put in like puzzles board games crosswords like different things into your daily routine kind of a mixture of things that give you a sense of achievement clearing out cupboards sorting out the shed you know there's things like gardening getting some seeds growing things there's there's a, a wide range of things you can still do but scheduling it in you are more likely to do it so if you know what you're getting up your purpose to get up then haven't you um setting the t alarm so that you're still getting up at the same time um yeah having your lunch at a certain time but scheduling in like calls with people um i think that's going to be really important um and yeah introducing some like i've introduced my mum to video calling and she didn't know like whatsapp video she didn't know you could do that so that's made a big difference for her who she is self-isolating and um yeah scheduling things in then they've got something to look forward to and um yeah it's yeah it's about but within all of that it's being present moment in the activity you're doing using your five senses to be in that activity makes a massive difference for people's mood Fantastic. I, th I think just to add to that as well i think and it it is very very strange at the minute but um 
you know, do you can still connect with people. Um, it, it's really strange. Obviously, we've just had Mother's Day, uh, and we went round to my mother-in-law's and spoke to her through the window. Very strange. <laughs> gave her the card, but it was, although we weren't in the same room, we weren't. We were there. You know, we could see each other, and I think she really. I could tell yeah, that, that she really appreciated it. It probably made her day because otherwise. Yeah. That's what we did. She, yeah, <laughs> My and, and, it, and it's, yeah. It's, it seems so kind of small, but actually, because you know, people who are being self-isolated or have to be isolated, that they probably think, oh, no one's going to come and see me. I can't, you know, I've only got my phone. I've scrolled through however many times on Instagram. All the news is the same, and it's all negative. Um, but if yeah, if if you can do have relatives or, or friends, it just knock on the window, you know, for as long as we're allowed out, you know. Yeah, and just, you know, just just say hi. And I think that's a really small thing, but that we should all probably do, you know. I don't see, at the moment, we're still allowed out, you know, in, you know, certain restrictions in place. But, you know, that was yesterday. Plenty of room between us. There was no one else around, that was kind of thing. And I just think, yeah, it's, it's important just to live in that moment, be positive and, and stay connected have the, the human connection uh, of, of more than just a phone call or a, an email. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And I think as humans, we are very resilient. But I think that the, the amount of worry that we go through till we get to the other side is a lot of pain. And, and hopefully, you know, by listening to what we're saying is you don't put yourself to them in them states as or for a longer period of time or subjective to thinking these thoughts and, and hopefully you can get bypassed that and, and getting some positive things that you like doing um, and you can do them I mean it's, it's, it makes me laugh in some ways that you know we all especially in this company, country we've built homes that um, you know are meant to be where we spend most of our lives and then suddenly somebody says that we're isolated or potentially could be on lockdown then we start to stress about it yeah, it's crazy. Isn't you know, it? really, if yeah, if it was Australia, something like that, which is a different culture, you know, they're outward bound a lot more than that we we are. Um, I could understand that a bit more, but we are with this weather that we have over here. We're constantly living indoors, but because we've got a bit of restraints put yeah. upon us, then we suddenly start stressing and thinking the worst. And I think that is really about this session is to be calm and carry on. Really, is to, you know taking some of the tips and, and, and advice that these two of uh, David and Anna has given us today, but also just carry on because we are resilient as people. And, and I do think, um, you know, by keeping a, a regular routine, like we've said, um, is just keep it normal. Yeah. I Definitely. think so, some extra tips I'd say, um, I don't, if people do have smartphones, you can get all these notifications coming through and it's never good is it no. and i think restricting those coming through to the phone would be good if you've got a smartphone or kind of limiting what news you actually watch you know if you're going to bed watching the news at 10 you're not going to be you're going to just be thinking about it aren't you whereas kind of kind of limiting like knowing what the daily updates are but not um because mm. When people are worrying, you just jump on all the negative information. I think, we, yeah, we, we were touching on that, weren't we, uh, when we were discussing this podcast and about that information fatigue and yeah. being in echo chambers, we called at the time, uh, of, of negativity. Like you said, you, you, you're absolutely right about watching the news at 10. I oh, think yeah. I've done that 
every day for the last two I've weeks st- I've stopped. And, and you go to bed <laughs> thinking oh dear you know yeah. Uh, so yeah absolutely yeah I watched a lovely drama last night and I did not watch the news at then. but yeah going to bed li- listening to all negative news you're going to be thinking about it in bed aren't you mm. and when you go to bed that's when your mind starts to drift because you're not busy minds drift when you're not busy um but yeah just limiting that intake with any like when it comes to any type of anxiety people do a lot of googling but it's always the negative that you'll be jumping on and looking at um so yeah i'd say be present yeah scheduling using those techniques for the what if thoughts definitely yeah definitely. there's some valuable advice there for someone who's listening on but definitely like i said i think the the aim is to just give people value and something they can take away and it's like a podcasting for me is like a conversation that it's like because i i love podcasting i love listening to podcasts it's, you feel like you're in a conversation without actually being there yeah. and just having that having that um something to like you say to to dip into and in and out of that being that conversation i think it'll people will get a lot of value from it but um yeah i mean is there anything else you want to add to that i think it's yeah there is one thing it's a bit obscure this but it just it's the only thing that's probably wound me up in the last six days and it was about an advert for monopoly and it just sums up how we've changed the culture where monopoly years ago was when I used to play with all my siblings and it used to take us probably three days to finish a game of Monopoly. <laughs> I saw an advert the other day with Speed Monopoly. Have you seen it? No. It takes half an hour a game and no. I thought, well, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> and that game used to take us so much time. We had so much fun. And, and, and now that's, that's our culture has gone up to and society is just moving to, right, we can only fit it in for 30 minutes. <laughs> then we need to be doing something else. And, you know, what's wrong with spending three days? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's a fair point, and I think uh, sort of back, back to kind of uh, the older generation. I guess they haven't come from that the the moment that we're living in, where technology is readily available. So they they will be very good at setting themselves a routine and reading a book, listening mm. to you know the talk radio, hopefully listening to podcasts like this, where we can actually, if someone's new new to isolation in terms of they used to be going out every day. If we could, if they can listen to this or or and similar ones, um, it's th- those people will yeah they, they are very resilient. A lot of them have been through world wars and and much harder times than we have. Uh, and I think you 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 you're dead right about the, the the speed of society. But I think uh, if for the older people they they're used to that more uh, slower pace of life. And whilst um, perhaps being indoors or you know, not not having access to all this information might not really be of impact to them. I think the people that live live for socialising and live for going out to the local pub or the library or, or activity centre, wh- wherever it is, I think hopefully this podcast will allow those people to benefit from some new ideas and different ways of thinking and different ways of techniques to, to deal with, with, with the, you know, like I say, the temporary isolation that we're all in. Fantastic. Is there anything else? I think that's covered quite a lot there. Right? That's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah, that's good. Fantastic. Yeah. Right, so if you've enjoyed this episode, um, make sure to give it a thumbs up, share it with your friends, or share it to someone who you think might get a bit of value from it. But um, yeah, I mean, that's I've enjoyed it. Have you guys enjoyed yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Fantastic. Right, so yeah, make sure you to, to keep up to date with uh, when the next one comes about, and we'll uh, see you on the next one. Thank you.
Yeah. Yeah. Seems alright. In the 